Hi, everybody. I'm Karen Hartglass. You are listening to It's All About Food. I have been hosting this podcast since 2009 on the Progressive Radio Network. I have been so fortunate to speak with so many leaders in the plant-based food movement. I've learned a lot, and I've shared all of this with you, my listeners, here on It's All About Food. This one's going to be tough. We lost a good one. On Thursday, August 3rd, the world heard that Dr. Hans Diel had passed. I don't know if you are familiar with this great person, but he's got an incredible resume, in addition to being an author of many best-selling books that have been translated into a gazillion languages, 36 languages is what I've read. The Optimal Diet Cookbook, for example, 36 languages with more than 2 million copies in circulation. Dr. Hans Diel founded the Lifestyle Medicine Institute in 1988 and then later created the CHIP program, Complete Health Improvement Project, which has helped so many people move to a healthy plant-based diet and improve the quality of their lives and increase their longevity. He was so ahead of his time. I got to interview him in 2011. I'm doing the math. That was 12 years ago. And I had met him before that at one of the International Vegetarian Union Congresses. And he made such a tremendous impression that I will never forget. This man was not only so knowledgeable, but he was charming, elegant, articulate, a good listener, passionate, really a very, very special individual. So it's very difficult to talk about his passing. And the only thing I could think to do was to rebroadcast my conversation with him from 2011. I just listened to it again. And in one way, I'm grateful for it. On the other hand, I'm so frustrated because everything we talked about in 2011 is still true today. There have been some changes, incremental, slow changes, but still so many physicians and so many patients do not have the information they need about a whole food plant diet that could make such a tremendous positive difference in their lives. Okay, so I'm going to rebroadcast it. You'll hear in the broadcast me reading Dr. Deal's bio at the time in 2011. I am going to post on the page for this podcast his most updated bio. Okay, here we go. My interview with Dr. Hans Diel. We're going to be talking about my favorite subject, food, because really it's all about food. So many things are connected to our food choices, and I like to take this hour every week to talk about so many of the subjects that are related to what we eat, how we're affecting the environment, how we're affecting our own personal health, and how we are affecting so many different living species that share this planet with us. And what I really want to do, and this is all I want to do, is I want to inspire and empower 
and as many people as I can to make powerful differences in their own lives. We really need to take responsibility, each one of us as individuals. Our life is in our own hands. We really can't expect anyone else to take charge of our own lives. It's up to us, and there are so many wonderful reasons to choose healthy, organic, plant-based foods at every meal. One of the things that's always frustrated me is when I go to see some medical doctors, and we've all had different experiences, but so many of them really don't expect much out of us. And maybe it's because they've dealt with so many people that aren't interested in taking care of their own lives and taking charge of their own lives. But I've had a lot of arguments with some of them in terms of, what I should do, and uh, it's really, really frustrating. You need to educate yourself. You need to take care of yourself. And this is going to be a great hour because we're going to be talking to Dr. Hans Deal. And just a little bit about him. He was chosen by Vegetarian Times Magazine as one of America's superheroes of health. He directs the Lifestyle Medicine Institute in Loba Linda, California, and lectures at the College of Medicine at the University of Illinois at Rockford. Offering more than 25 years of leadership in the emerging field of lifestyle medicine, he has shown through his pioneering efforts as an epidemiologically trained lifestyle interventionist with the Coronary Health Improvement Project, or CHIP, how simple lifestyle changes can prevent, arrest, and reverse many of our largely lifestyle-related diseases. With more than 50,000 graduates, the results of the recently conducted and government-funded randomized clinical CHIP trial have been released via 13 articles published in peer-reviewed medical journals. His book, Health Power, which was co-authored with Eileen Ludington, MD, has more than 2 million copies in 16 languages in circulation. His most rec- he most recently addressed the World Congress on Weight Management. He earned his doctorate in health science and an MPH in public health nutrition from Loma Linda Indo- University, where he also worked as a research fellow in cardiovascular epidemiology supported by the National Institute of Health. Before assisting the establishment of the Center for Health Enhancement and Research at the University of California at Los Angeles, he was the director of research and education at the Pritikin Longevity Institute. And I want to mention, and I'm going to mention it several times during the show, Dr. Deal's website, chiphealth.com. Really tremendous information up there. Dr. Deal, welcome to It's All About Food. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Glad to uh, hear that uh, you really set the pace here of helping this country to make better choices. Yeah, well, uh, we need to do whatever we can because I think one of the biggest problems is not the information but getting the information out, and the media is really doing an abysmal job. Uh, People are really confused. They get all of these confusing sound bites, and uh, we we just need to do a better job, and you are doing wonderful, wonderful things. Yeah, it's true. We don't need more information. I mean, everybody's giving out information. Everybody wants to sell something. We don't need information, uh, not anymore. But what we really need is education. We need motivation. We need inspiration. We need to understand why we perhaps should make some choices, better choices. And when we make these choices, how we can make those choices more effective so that we have the desired outcome. Because 
uh, as you have always said, uh, our life, our future is in our own hands. We are largely suffering today from chronic diseases that are largely food-borne illnesses. That's right. You know, I met you in 2002, I think it was, at the International Vegetarian Union Congress in Edinburgh. And uh, you made a big impression on me back then. My you have not forgotten that. Huh? Yeah, no, you were you were really eloquent and had a lot oh, of my. wonderful, wonderful information and really ahead of your time. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking through your book, which came out a couple of years ago, The Optimal Diet, the official chip cookbook. And one of the things I really love, in a mere five pages, you really hit the nail on the head, just bang, bang, bang on everything that is going wrong with the medical community, with the medical approach to health, all these Western diseases, and it's just, you know, very concise and right to the point. Mm. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's really good. I read a lot of this stuff, so when I see it just, boom, just right on, I I really appreciate it. Good. Uh, Okay, so uh, here's some of the things I want to talk about today. Uh, A lot of people are kind of... um, I'm searching for a word now, but a lot of people have heart problems, and many people today take it for granted. They think that's just natural. It's normal. As you get older, you have high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol, and we have this epidemic right now of heart disease and diabetes. It's an epidemic. Nobody's screaming about it and you go to your cardiologist you go to your doctor and he prescribes medication or you know if you're unfortunate enough to have a stroke or a heart attack and you're whisked to the hospital there's all different kinds of really incredible things that they can do Um, and yet the simple information we don't get we're not encouraged to do well let me tell you something uh, Karen and uh, there's nothing really new to you but nothing trumps a simple diet. You can have all the hospitals, you can have all the physicians, you can have all the invasive surgeries. They can save lives, yes they do, especially in an acute situation. But unless you begin to take things into your own hands in the context of good medical acute care, nothing is going to happen. You can have a bypass and you have a 15 to 30 percent chance that that bypass is going to close up on you again within one year. You just spent $150,000. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well, I thought that bypass lasted about eight, nine years. Well, it's probably true, but that first year is very critical. And 15 to 30% of these bypasses during the first year uh, have a hard time, you know, they don't make it. And then you have stents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do stents all the time. And somebody said stents are sort of like, like uh, potato chips. Mm-hmm. I mean, you not just take one. And that's the, that's the situation with stents. You take a stent, you pay $35,000, and uh, in five, six months, uh, 45% of these stents are no longer functional. As a matter of fact, the American College of Cardiology has just released guidelines, and they said no stent should be done unless it pertains to an MI, a myocardial infarction, a heart attack, and it has to take place within 24 hours. 
So we're doing a lot of these stents, a million stents, and most of these are not done within those 24 hours that are important. And so you just really wonder, what is the real purpose? Is the patient being helped or is uh, the, the system being helped? You know, another $35,000. So I think what we need to begin to focus on is that, yes, medicine can do some wonderful things. It can save lives, especially acute care issues. But when it comes to uh, chronic diseases, we're basically powerless. We call them sometimes degenerative diseases, and we think because they're degenerative in nature, therefore it must come with age. Wrong. <laughs> These diseases happen when we are children. It has to do with atherosclerosis, a narrowing and hardening of the arteries. And when you don't take care of your arteries, they cannot take care of you. And so that's the big issue today. People don't seem to understand that hardening of the arteries, the building up of plaques on the inside of your major vessels, the cholesterol, the fat, the calcium, and the stiffening of these arteries, these are the big reasons why we have hypertension, hearing loss, um, impotence, probably 70, 70% of the impotence in men under 70 is related to vascular problems like atherosclerosis, heart disease. Um, we can look at some of the Alzheimer's related to that, strokes, uh, gangrene, um, amputations due to uh, diabetes. That's all related to atherosclerosis, a narrowing of the arteries, and that is very prominently associated with our lifestyle. It just, it's mind-boggling to me because uh, maybe it's because I read about it and I'm passionate about it and I've heard about it for so long, but I just don't understand why so many are just lulled into doing the same old thing and feeling that uh, that's just what, you know, heart disease is normal. Yeah, yeah well, that, that is true. And nobody tells the people uh, in a medical establishment, look, the best we can do is we can make you feel more comfortable, we can give you some uh, pain relief, we can treat the symptoms, but we have to have you as our partner to help us. You have to make the changes. You have to stop smoking. You have to get into a daily exercise routine. You have to really move towards a diet that uh, leaves out uh, most of the fats and the cholesterol, that leaves out most of the animal products, and that also leaves out most of the processed foods. I mean, just think about this. 50% of the calories we eat in America today comes from processed, engineered foods. These are not really foods. These are taste sensations made for profit. So that's 50%. Then you have another 40% of the calories that comes from dairy, and meat. And again, uh, when you look at these products, they're largely high calorie foods. You know, when you're still on steak, that's about 75% fat. When you have that bacon, that's about 90% fat. When you have the cheese, that's about 70% fat. And these are saturated fat, which cause the liver to go into overdrive mm. in making cholesterol, which then finds its way into the arterial wall. So you see, we have moved towards a culture where on the basis of convenient foods, we have been marketed to death with this idea that if you want to eat, you either go out, and I mean, that's another story, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's hard to find healthy food out there. That's you go right. out to eat, or you pick up something on the way home, and you shove it into the microwave, and you're fine. People don't seem to understand that a simpler diet doesn't have to take all day. You can make a meal in, in, in 20 minutes, 30 minutes very easily, and you can reduce your food bill instead of going out by 10 times. So, you know, it takes a re-education of the consumer that has been brainwashed by marketing techniques. And as they do, these, these people 
begin to shape their own future. They can largely determine how long they want to live, the diseases they are going to have. We have an incredible power on our plates, and yet we don't seem to know how to use that plate to our advantage. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all about food, isn't it's it? It's all about food. Yes, <laughs> underline that several times. So what about these medications? People have high blood pressure. They take the medication. The blood pressure goes down. Is that a good thing? Well, again, we're not curing anything. We're only well, how controlling. Do, how does that work? How does the blood pressure go down if, if, the, if the person isn't being cured? Yeah, that's right. The moment you forget to take your pills, your blood pressure soars up again. And yet, 80%, 83% to be exact, of all the people with moderately high blood pressure, most of them are now using medication, yep. could be off these medications in less than four to six weeks. And all they have to do is begin to make some uh, choices. Uh, one of the most important choices when it comes to high blood pressure, obviously, is the amount of salt in our diet. Salt. Salt. We only need one gram to be good health. Most of us take 10 plus grams of salt. Wow. You know, the, the Roman soldiers were paid with a salt allowance. It was so precious in those days. It was a lovely ingredient, uh, a spice. It was nice to have. And that's where the word uh, uh, salary comes from. It comes from salt. It was a salt allowance, salary. Mm -hmm. Well, today, if we would be paid uh, our salaries in salt, you know, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like, we, feels like that's what's happening with the economy these days, anyway, you know. <laughs> I mean, just think, most Americans take 10 grams of salt, and when we counsel our patients, they say, well, maybe you should really lower our salt intake. They said, okay, no more salt shaker. Now, wait a minute. 80% of the salt doesn't come from the salt shaker. That's a good beginning. But 80% comes from restaurant foods, and it comes from processed foods. That's where we need to start. We need to begin to look at food differently. It's all about food, and especially food that doesn't need nutrition labels or mm, danger uh, or safety uh, seals. You know, when you think about this, do you have a nutrition label on tomatoes? No. Do you have it on, a, on tomato paste? Yes. Yes. Do you have it on potatoes? No. Do you have it on potato chips? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have it on beans, green, uh, dry beans? No. No. Do you have it on canned beans? Yes. Well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. you know, so I tell people, try to select more foods that don't need nutrition labels, you know, like uh, cherries and apples and bananas and spinach and potatoes and tomatoes, these kind of things that yeah. we used to eat, uh, you know, 70% of our food used to come 100 years ago from these kind of sources. Today, it's only 7%. Wow. So that's one thing. Then uh, I tell people, be also careful a little bit with the foods that have uh, safety seals on them. And these are the meats, the fish, the chicken. Um, you know, there's always bacterial contamination that people worry about, so there are safety procedures in place. And you also need to be a little bit careful with uh, the, uh, the, the uh, high-fat uh, dairy products like cheeses. If we could begin to cut back on those foods that are animal-based foods, as well as cutting back on the um, foods that are processed and engineered, 
you know, those uh, calorie uh, bombs. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, and that's where the money goes for food, too. And if you could zero in more on fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes, you know, this used to be uh, the beans and lentils and so on, and maybe a few nuts, I think we would see a dramatic change. Oh, you know you would. You don't think you would. You know you'd see a dramatic change. I know we would, yes. (laughs) And, you know, uh, heart disease is basically a disease, atherosclerosis disease that only emerged after World War I. We didn't have those diseases. All maybe a few of the very rich may have had those, uh, but they were very, very rare. Today, they're so common that you can find them already in children. Yeah. And so heart disease is becoming a pediatric problem, really, when you think about it. And then it progresses until you have about 70% narrowing of the coronary, the heart arteries, and then you might have your first symptom, and that's uh, angina pain, chest in your, in your uh, pain in your chest and traveling down the left arm. That's usually angina pain upon exertion. And m- many people, they can have 80, 90% narrowing, and they will not know it because it's a very stealthy uh, killer. It's very insidious. It doesn't give you any warnings. You know, it's a little bit like... Uh, like being pregnant. I mean, you're pregnant or you're not pregnant. To say, well, you're just a little pregnant. It doesn't work. And most people over 45 have already 50% narrowing and hardening of the major arteries going to their brain, going to their heart, going to their male sex organ, going to their legs. That's the problem. Uh, wow. <laughs> and it's just... Huh, I'm just continually frustrated because it's so simple. And, you know, it's not even just simple. The food that is the most health-promoting is really delicious. It's fun. And you look good. You look sexy. You look healthy. You don't age as fast. It's just just crazy why more people are flocking to it. And it's colorful on your plate, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing an interesting texture and people say well you know i i don't have any uh, interest in those foods uh, my appetite uh, came to me from my parents and from my grandparents true the culture taught us this but the good news is we can re-educate our taste buds it takes about three weeks that's right and the most difficult thing to change is uh, leaving out uh, some of the excessive amount of salt or sodium that's the most difficult thing to change i mean i have worked with people that would come to live in centers to clinics and they would receive all the right foods and uh, these were oftentimes fairly affluent people mm-hmm. and uh, they would come there because it was also their last resort they'd seen their physicians and research centers and nobody could really help them because medication doesn't stop the diseases that we call chronic disease it has to do with attacking the causes how we eat mm-hmm. it's all about the food <laughs> and so these people would come to us and after about a couple of weeks uh, you know uh, an executive would say to me uh, hey listen uh, you're in charge here why don't you get a new chef i mean this chef is a lousy cook mm. i don't like the food mm. here it's so flat mm. i want to have some salt i want to have some spices do it <laughs> you know you know about two weeks later he comes to me and they're usually coming for four weeks yeah so two weeks they come to me the same executive says hey thanks a lot for for uh listening to me and for <laughs> replacing the chef i didn't i didn't replace the chef you know what happened right yeah their taste buds changed that's yeah. funny <laughs> yeah 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 his taste buds had changed and now if i would have given, taken him to a restaurant 
he would have really complained to the waitress, how can you have so much salt in this stuff? This is like a briny solution. I want to have some really good tasting food. Why? Because in two, three weeks, he had changed his perception. The taste buds had renewed themselves and sending a different message to the brain. And the brain interprets this no differently and says, hey, this is great stuff. That's what you want. But unfortunately, you had, he had to practically imprison himself <laughs> to have well, the discipline to do it. Well, that happened. Yeah, that's oftentimes the case. What we do in our CHIP program, the Coronel Health Improvement Program, we uh, kind of overload them with scientific information delivered within four weeks. So they get about 40 hours of education. I mean, they come almost every night, four nights a week for two hours. Hmm. And, you know, we put them into a mental prison. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not really. It's really the pathway to freedom. But we uh, we kind of uh, maybe overwhelm them with the scientific evidence that very clearly teaches us we have to get back towards a simpler diet. There's dignity in simple foods. There's color. There's nutrition. There's cost savings. You help the environment. It's ecologically sound. And, you know, and the animals probably don't really complain that much either. So, you know, you have the very, very best at your fingertips if we could just help people to begin to see it and to go to a supermarket with a dietitian that can guide them to show them what they should eat, then take them to a cooking class and show them how you can prepare a wonderful meal in 20 minutes flat. Mm-hmm. And it is tasteful. It's uh, delicious. Uh, it is delightful to the eye. And you don't feel bloated afterwards. And you're beginning to re... re, re uh, the, the word now is to reverse your chronic disease. You can open up these coronary arteries again. They, they have a meltdown of this plaque on the inside. You can restore people with diabetes. You can turn the diabetes off in four to eight weeks by making some simple changes where they have more fiber in their diet. You can do something with people with high blood pressure. If we talk about 80 to 83% can be off these medications when they have moderately high blood pressure problems. You can do something about weight. We teach people how to eat more and weigh less just by making some healthier choices. Isn't that amazing? Why don't we hear this every day on the nightly news? You know, there's always these little sound clips on the different news programs. And, uh, you know, I'm yawning all the time because most of the things they're talking about are old news. You know, I look at my Mm. partner and say, oh, this isn't news. This is Mm. old and tired and confusing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's true. Although we have a new banner carrier. Have you noticed that? We have a new banner carrier. And uh, the banner carrier comes from the halls of influence and power. I'm not, I'm not following you. Bill Clinton. Oh, Bill Clinton, the banner carrier. Yes, Bill thank Clinton goodness. Bill Clinton is the new banner carrier. He's very eloquent. Yes. He knows how to tell the story. He has done his research, and he said in so many words, look, I had had my bypass. It didn't last. Then I had two stents, and they tell me they'll be closing up again, too. And I want to be around when Chelsea's kids come around. Yep. I want to be a grandpa. And he said, I am going to do what others have done in the field, like Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Ornish. And they have shown that you can have an 80% chance to reversing this disease and living 10, 15, 20 years. 
I mean, the book is out, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease That's by right. Esselstein. So, well, maybe the Democrats will listen. <laughs> I, you know, actually, uh, you know, I, I'm, I carry a German passport, so I'm not really politically involved mm-hmm. in this country here. But I, I have to tell you that from my perspective as a health professional that is concerned about preventive medicine and restoring health and pre- preventing disease, you know, I have to tell you that the Obama uh, guidelines, you know, those thousand-some pages, they're really giving all of us a great opportunity uh, to have uh, efforts now being uh, presented to us where um, incentives are provided. For instance, let me tell you, uh, I just came back from a big workshop, and uh, insurance companies can now uh, provide 20 and as of 2014, they can provide incentives of 30 to 50 percent rebates um, of their premiums to employees that are wanting to go through a chip program, for instance, or through a stop smoking class, or they will go through an exercise program. They're measured every year, and if they sustain all the benefits that they have accomplished, the health benefits, then they're being renewed for another year. So this is not coming into being uh, that I think is a result of the Obama legislation. Before, people said, hey, you don't tell me how to eat. I can do what I want to do. If I want to kill myself, that's up to me. Oh, wait a minute. But you're hurting all of us because some of us have to pay your bills because of your irresponsible behavior or because you didn't know. But now we have an opportunity to train people, to educate people, to provide uh, awareness so that people now can claim 20 to 30 to 50 percent reduction in their health insurance premiums because they are low risk. Right. Well, I'm I'm really excited to hear about this, and I, I have my own personal experience with insurance companies, and they are not very smart, but um, I'm glad that they're they're offering this, and it's exciting, but it's also sad at the same time because it all comes down to money, and that's what inspires people to do things. So the insurance company's giving a break because they don't want to spend all this money, thirty five thousand dollars for a bypass, or and on and on and on and on. Oh, 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 oh I think you look quite right there. What? I mean, I am your guest. Yes. But let me tell you, I had the same idea that insurance companies are not very smart. Why don't they just prevent disease? They wouldn't have to pay so much out. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. They are very, very shrewd. They are street smart. Here's what happens. They don't really care what the costs are. They know that the more they pay out, the more money they make because they are representatives they work on a commission. Mm. So the more money the companies, insurance companies, pay out, the more they can charge next year the policyholders. And those who sell the insurance policies, they pick up their 3 or 5% or whatever it is uh, as, as, a, um, as a discount, as a, as a commission. And so that's why the insurance companies have been resisting for so long these initiatives to um, promote prevention of disease. I thought that would be a smart thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. But they saw it differently. They said, hey, we just pass on the cost, and the higher the cost, the commission is better for our insurance people. Hey, we're doing fine. But now, now it's the, the table is changing. Well, that's, that's good. a good thing. It is a good thing. 
I wanted to know a little bit more about how you got so smart about diet and how you got <laughs> <laughs> and how and how, what motivated you because uh, when you started a lot of people weren't talking about what you're talking about yeah. today. Well, I had my very first eye-opening experience when I joined the Nathan Pritikin Longevity Center, and I saw what happens within 28 days uh, with people that came sort of as a last resort to this live-in clinic, and they were now placed on a very simple diet, daily exercise. Uh, the participants received uh, three, four hours of education every day. They began to understand what causes these chronic these degenerative diseases, and I saw before my very eyes, coming out of a medical school, school of public health environment, out of academic uh, medicine, public health, I saw for the first time what can happen when you give people a chance to um, simplify their diet and make some lifestyle changes that we all knew were important in preventing disease, but I saw these kind of principles working most effectively in reversing disease. So patients that would come with 60, 70 units of insulin as diabetics, you know, within uh, 30 days uh, when they left the program, 50% of these type 2 diabetics were off the insulin, and these people were overjoyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, in those days, the needles were much, much bigger. It was more <laughs> like a horse needle. And, and these people had welts on their abdominal mm-hmm. area, their thighs, and so on. And all of a sudden, no more injections. I mean, these people thought they had gone to heaven. <laughs> and, and, then I and they did, people, heaven on earth. Well, yes. And then I saw people with high blood pressure. And some of them, you know, we had about... Um, 83% of the people on medication for at least two years for high blood pressure, they were discharged by their personally assigned physician at the clinic. They were uh, discharged without medication in 83% of the cases, and their blood pressures were normal. Mm. And I saw people uh, that came with angina pain, chest pain, because the arteries to the heart were narrowed down. And yet within two to three weeks, the angina pain became less and oftentimes con- uh, completely ceased. And I couldn't quite understand this because I knew it takes about a year before these hardened and narrowed arteries begin to gradually open up again. And I couldn't quite make sense out of it until I began to understand that our highly viscous blood, our blood is fairly thick with all the fat and uh, uh, oil and grease that we take in. Uh, As you put people onto a diet that is much, much lower in fat, oil, and grease, uh, the blood becomes thinner, and this thinner blood can now, with greater ease, go through Mm -hmm. these narrowed arteries and bring oxygenated blood to the heart muscle. And so the heart muscle no longer has to scream out, I need oxygen here, which is angina pain, you see. So it was just a mind-blowing experience. I, I was totally baffled by this because I'd never seen this. Uh, we were never taught this. And uh, then after, you know, uh, the time was right, I thought to myself, you know, this is largely for people who can fly in with their personal jets. <laughs> you know, and they're motivated. They want to live. They have a good life. They have a good bank uh, account. They want to live. 
And so I said, what can I do to take this message to the general masses, to people like myself? Mm-hmm. I come from a humble background in Germany. So I thought also, uh, you know, when these people leave this uh, protective cocoon of a residential center, the clinic, can they really withstand the assault of seductive forces? <laughs> you know, uh, in the outside world. And so I said, I need to help develop restaurants. And so uh, in the city of Rockford, we have some 3,000 chip graduates. We also have some 25 restaurants that serve at least five healthy chip-approved meals. So people feel uh, they have the wind blowing from their backs, mm-hmm. rather having to face, you know, you know, raised eyebrows, uh, you know, where people say, no, wait a minute, what are you? Are you some kind of a health nut? I mean... You're asking for some low-sodium food, and, <laughs> and you don't want to eat all the grease, and you don't want to have too much cholesterol. Wait a minute. I mean, it's embarrassing going out with you. <laughs> I mean, you see? You have a, yes, I know. It's all about access. Yeah, it is all about access. But you go to Rockford. You go to our chip cities. We have some 300, 400 teams trained in cities here in North America. Um, and you come to a restaurant. It says chip approved. You come in, and you say, I'm from a chip program. Oh, you are the intellectual leaders of this town. Mm. We have a special menu just mm. for you and your guests. <laughs> and, you know, very nice. They give you a nice menu, and you have five recipes. You can have some small amount of chicken. You have a small amount of fish. And maybe you have some vegetarian dishes there. But they're all healthy. They're all low in salt. They're low in, in sugar. They're high in fiber. They're high in nutritional value. And they're basically inexpensive. And people just love these foods. So can we find out about where some of these chip-approved places are on your website? Yeah, you can do that. You can find out where the chip chapters are, and then they can guide you to it. It's uh, the three W's, and then chip, C-H-I-P, health, chiphealth.com. Chiphealth.com. So people always ask me, how do you spell chip? And I tell them it's H O P. E. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, <laughs> I like the acronym uh, CHIP. It's good. Oh, oh, Karen, I mean, you know, when people take a hold of these concepts that mean so much to you and to me, mm-hmm. you know, when they take a hold of these concepts, once they get it, once their mind opens up, once the light bulb, you know, is turned on, and uh, they begin to do this, you know, I mean, they call you up. Uh, they just would kiss your feet, yep. and they said, you have turned my <laughs> life around. Uh, you have turned me around. I was dying, and I'm off my medications. Um, I experienced the joy of being able to walk and run with my grandkids again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, this is what medicine was supposed to be. Medicine was not supposed to be some drug dispensing where you match a pill with a nail. Yeah. And then care. you send out a bill. It's not health care. No. What we need to do, we need to care about health. Not health care, but care about health. And you care about health by empowering people to understand that maybe going back in time is helping us to go forward in health. You were talking before about insurance companies and how they don't have the financial incentive to improve, encourage health, but the corporations do, and I notice on your website one of the things that you have is a program to get CHIP into your corporation, which reduces employee health costs, and corporations realize if their employees are sick, they're not going to be getting productive work out of them. 
Yeah, that is so true. Um, we just got some data from one of the hospitals in Wisconsin that runs our chip program there under a license, and uh, they said they had uh, members, teachers from the Wisconsin Educational Fund, from the school system, sent to them some diabetics, some hypertensive, and so on. And they came to the chip program offered at that hospital there, and they said uh, within two years, these people that came to the program, on average, saved the uh, teaching system there, the Wisconsin Educational Fund, $3,500 per person. Wow. And my understanding is they sent through about uh, 99 or 100 people. So you multiply it 100 times 3,500. They saved $350,000. And that's just in medical cost. Mm-hmm. The people are more productive. Uh, there's less absenteeism. There is more presentism. You know, people are present, but they don't really perform because they're so depressed and out of it. But now, you see, they feel more buoyant. They feel they are in charge of their health. Uh, they feel better about themselves. Uh, the pains are gone. The arthritis is dramatically lessened. Um, uh, you know, they don't worry about the angina and the heart disease anymore. They can put their energy into the job at hand, and they enjoy it. And they say, why didn't anybody tell me that years ago? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm just really happy to share, especially with our listeners, uh, as um, it's all about food, that there are certain determinants, there are certain drivers of this disease called atherosclerosis, narrowing of the arteries, which then leads to coronary artery disease and high blood pressure and strokes and impotence and so on. And these are some of these drivers. Uh, maybe we can spend a few moments on that. Yeah. Uh, we sometimes uh, classify them in sort of a atherosclerotic risk arch. So if you can envision an arch, and here are the modifiable risk factors. At the very top, the most important factor is cholesterol. Everybody should know their cholesterol, and the cholesterol should always be below 160. That is safe. Mm. Uh, our so-called normal cholesterol of 200 that oftentimes is being advocated by you know, some of our medical colleagues uh, that is only a normal cholesterol for people that normally want to die from heart disease. Hmm. So we need to really look at other societies where they don't have heart disease, like uh, China. Except you know, that's changing, unfortunately. Yes, it is. But if you go to the farms, if you go to the uh, province, they have cholesterol levels of 110, 120, and 30. Yeah, some doctors, when they hear numbers like that, they think there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your cholesterol's too low. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, well... You know, we when I went to school, we had normal cholesterol of 300. So we have brought them down now to 240 and now down to 200. And, of course, the government is somewhat a little bit reluctant to uh, let people know it should be 100 plus your age. Mm. If you're 60 years of age, 160 would be more ideal in protecting you. The government is a little bit uh, reserved about this because they're afraid that the drug companies will use that as an excuse to putting statin drugs into the water oh gosh there's already enough horrible stuff in our water and people don't understand that you can drive the cholesterol down with a simple diet in four weeks just as much as you can do driving high cholesterol levels down with statin drugs the most powerful the most prescribed drugs in america today where you spend twelve hundred dollars just for the drugs plus the medical care plus you have to wear side effects and so on and so forth so that's the cholesterol then you have to be concerned about high blood pressure 
And we already mentioned that relates largely to a high salt intake and not enough potassium that's commonly found in bananas and mm. vegetables and fruits, right? Mm-hmm. So high blood pressure is very, very important in driving atherosclerosis, as is the cholesterol. Then you have smoking, then you have diabetes. That accelerates heart disease significantly. And then you have obesity. And wherever you have obesity, there you will also have diabetes mm-hmm. and high cholesterol and high blood pressure, triglycerides. You know, obesity is sort of a marker for the chronic diseases. And, of course, then you have high triglycerides, these blood fats, and you have an inactive lifestyle and stress. These are the kind of factors that we can do something about. And please note, and this is nothing new to you, Karen, because you talk about it's all about food. It is all about food. Cholesterol is food. 85% is food. High blood pressure, 83% is food. Triglycerides, as you begin to lose weight, uh, and you cut back on sugar and uh, fat, the triglycerides, these blood fats come down very, very nicely, very rapidly. Then uh, uh, diabetes, that's all about food too, largely. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, people say it's something that runs in my family. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> so it's gen- genetic? Well, wait a minute. You know, you're not only sharing your genes in a family, but also your taste preferences. And uh, we find that diabetes has increased dramatically in just the last 15 years, but we also know it takes about 300 years to change the genetics in a society. Mm. So diabetes, you know, uh, type 2 diabetes is not really a genetic disease, and if you have a genetic predisposition, you can turn it off by eating simpler foods that are high in fiber. And then you have obesity again, you know, with all the refined calories, with all these sugar bombs, with all these <laughs> caloric concentrations. I mean, a candy bar, a big one, is 400 calories. Oh, you go through the airport or pet in a mall and you get these Cinnabons that are like 1,500, oh. 2,000 calories. That's, oh. It's just, I mean, it's criminal. But, but, you know, you can hardly help yourself because... The aroma is piped mm-hmm. into those airport halls. So, you, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it smells good. I mean, it's sort of make a magnet. You can help it. You're just drawn there but until you see how they prepare the cinnamon bond. You know, have you ever seen how they put the, 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 the fat, the oil, the grease on there, how they later on put all the, uh, the icing on there? I mean, these are, like you said, calorie bombs of 2,000 <laughs> plus calories, right? Yeah. And, and, and a woman shouldn't have more than 15, 16, 700 calories for the whole day. Right. So, you know, these are the kind of things that we have to become more aware of. Uh, we have to become more aware of that, you know, most people consume two, three soda pops a day. And right there you have 30 teaspoons of sugar a day, no nutritional value, just calories, 500 calories from an empty nutritional calorie. You know, we've been having a hard time getting the government to step in line and really support health-promoting policies. They're they're trying now, but, I mean, you have seen the intense fight. I mean, no no one wants it. You know, the medical system benefits from disease, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. The food industry benefits from the disease. The tobacco industry, you know, uh, doesn't mind poisoning people and being merchants of death. You know, everybody is making a profit of not 
perhaps making wiser choices. It's all about food. <laughs> Most of our common chronic diseases for which we have no medical answers for that are really long-term helpful. You know, most of these uh, um, common chronic diseases are outside of the medical establishment in turning it off, but we can turn it off. But as you know, Karen, our biggest handicap is this. It is too simple to be believable. <laughs> and I always yeah. tell people there's a great dignity in simplicity, right? Yeah. We need to go back to a simple food, food that comes out of the hand of a master designer, a food that is high in nutritional value, that's low in calories, that's high in fiber, that is not very costly, and it doesn't give you constipation, that doesn't promote heart disease, it doesn't promote cancer, it doesn't promote arthritis. You know, all these kind of problems, we could do so much if we could just help people understand that appetite and taste is something we acquired, mm-hmm. we can unlearn it, and we will fall in love with these foods that we thought were not even out there. You can, unfortunately, you can be trained to like anything, really, to eat anything. You put enough salt, sugar, and fat on anything, and I, I'm holding back the uh, foul language here, but um, I mean, there uh, really, and there's animal excrement that kind of gets into food, and you know, people don't even realize the residues that are on their food and what they're eating. Yeah, and then people eat spinach and they have some of this E. coli residue in there, and they say, oh, there's something wrong with spinach, I can't eat anything anymore. No, it came, it was a contamination factor, right? From animal manure from yeah. factory farms. Yes, yep. that's right. Yeah. So, you know, basically, you know, what I would like to recommend to people is uh, try to get your cholesterol down to less than 160. You can do that very easily without medication by following a high-fiber uh, diet that's very low in fat and very low in cholesterol. And, you know, if you need some medication, that's always a second choice, right? Yeah. Then number two, I like to recommend people to lose weight by eating more food as it comes to us in nature and less refined foods and animal products because they're too high in fat and therefore too high in calories. And how much fun is that? If you're eating the right foods, you can eat a lot more of it. You can eat all, all that you want when it's the right foods. There is no limitation. We use the word ad libitum. That means it's all you want. You have to worry about portion size because the stomach can only hold four cups of food. I mean, what are you going to put in there? See, that's the issue. It's, it's concentration of calories, it's uh, energy, uh, food energy, uh, concentration, food density, caloric density. These are the kind of things when you pack the calories into a small uh, cheeseburger, mm. if you pack the calories into a small candy bar, if you pack the calories into a bag of M&Ms <laughs> or potato chips. I mean, just think about this. You can have one, pot- one bag of uh, potato chips. You can have one tube of Pringles. That's the same as nine potatoes. Wow. Yeah. Nine potatoes. Yeah. And, people, <laughs> and people always think that potatoes are fatty. No, no, no. It's what you do with them. So I think we have to reduce your cholesterol. You know, we have to do something about our, uh, and that's only found in animal products, and it comes from saturated fat and a certain other uh, kind of fat. Number two, we have to do something about our weight loss. Number three is to do something about our blood pressure by cutting our salt, 
to less than five grams a day. I mean, we're getting in about 10 plus a mm-hmm. day, right? So really cut back on especially in restaurant food and processed foods. And then number four, you know, people should also do something about um, stopping smoking and perhaps reducing alcohol. Alcohol is not the best when it comes to um, when people already have heart disease. It can actually be toxic to a struggling heart. So, you know, less is probably better here. So, again, cutting back on cholesterol, which is only found in animal products, cutting back on saturated fat, which is only found in animal products by and large, cutting back on um, some of these trans fats that are found in, uh, in cookies and uh, hydrogenated fats that helps uh, uh, products to stay on the shelf for at least 95 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, and, and so we have to They'll last about, longer than you do. Yeah, right, right. We do something about cholesterol. We do something about our weight. And we show you how to eat more of the right foods. And you feel full and you feel satisfied and you begin to lose one to two pounds a week. That's what we need to do. And number three, it's... do something about our high blood pressure. Look at the salt intake, read labels. Number four, do something about smoking. And perhaps get into exercise, have a good attitude towards life. Become a little kinder person, right? Yeah. Yeah, these yeah. are the kind of things that would really go a long way. But it's all but I, connected. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It is. But I tell you, nothing trumps um, as a therapy anything like food, food trumps everything else. Really, it's all, all about, about food. food. <laughs> it's all about food. We're suffering today largely from foodborne diseases. I, I just wanted to ask, talk about one more thing because we only have a few more minutes. But there are some communities, they're food deserts where they don't have access to supermarkets with healthy yeah. food and they yeah. only have junk food. Has yeah. CHIP gotten into some of those communities? It's really a catastrophe. Yeah. It just tears my heart out. You are absolutely right. You know, you can tell people go and purchase healthy food and they cannot find it because there are no stores out there that have it because everything is junk, 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 mm-hmm. things that stay for 95 years on the shelf. Yeah. You're right. Now, unfortunately, we have the Internet now and people can order things online. It's a little, it might be a little costly, but there are ways to get bulk beans and all kinds of dried foods that are healthy, whole food, whole grains and dried beans. That is so true. I wish we could develop some co-ops, you know, in these parts of the world, mm-hmm. in these parts of our country here where it's so difficult getting healthy foods. Um, we've got to make it more accessible to people. Yep. Well, we'll uh, I, I think that'll happen somehow, hopefully. But the, the other thing is, if you make it accessible and people don't buy it, then the stores have too much um, wasted foods. They have too many losses, and they stop stocking these uh perishable foods. Right. People so, need to be people need to demand it though. People need to become educated. They have to understand why they should do it because their very life depends on it. You can shape your future if you just become more aware and you begin you get on the bus to a healthier lifestyle. Get on the bus. Uh, one one thing that I like uh, about this chip program is you you're working with communities and you have a, where people could get the church group involved and this is this is really great because this is a natural community of people and when people have a group that they can do it together with uh, 
it makes it so much easier. And, I, and I'm just like envisioning there could be gardens, church gardens or community gardens that are associated once people learn about healthy food. If they don't have a lot of access to it, they can start growing some of it on their own. Oh, no, that is so true. Uh, we have found that uh, some people can do it by going into the Internet. But uh, for the majority of people, they love to have the social context. They do it in groups. They learn together. And they have an intensive education program. And uh, as they see other people being successful, they think, maybe I can do it too. And they get courage. There's an accountability structure. And, you know, we have seen 50,000 people making changes. It has been truly a wonderful experience. And really, it's all about food. Well, thank you, Dr. Hans Deal. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. I love everything you're doing. I love this book, The Optimal Diet. And um, just thank you so much. Thank you for your, for your time. And keep, you. keep doing it. Thank you so much, Karen. All the best to you. Okay, Bye-bye. thank you. That was my interview from 2011 with Dr. Hans Deal. His legacy continues. You may be interested in the Complete Health Improvement Program, which used to be at the website chiphealth.com. The Lifestyle Medicine Institute announced early in 2022 the launching of PIVIO, PIVIO, which is an enhanced solution of the Complete Health Improvement Program based on 35 plus years of research development and market experience pivio is built on the framework of chip as the first program to be certified and endorsed by the american college of lifestyle medicine and referenced in 40 plus scientific articles confirming the benefits and health outcomes of participants a 12-week program based on six key pillars of lifestyle medicine pivio is a turnkey solution for a wide array of organizations to reduce healthcare costs and enhance health and well-being of employees, patients, and community. You can find out more at piviohealth.com. If you go to the Chip Health website, it automatically directs to this new platform. That's my program for today. Thank you for joining me. I'm Karen Hartglass. This is another episode of It's All About Food. We are grateful for all of the luminaries who have provided wonderful information for us to live quality lives. And for that, I say thank you. Have a delicious week, everybody.